Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Leaders Podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and well, we're here to talk some Vikings football, which, uh, man almighty, did we get our ass whooped yesterday. It was on display. It happened uh, pretty damn early, and it was pretty damn ugly. Only got uglier when our star left tackle went out. Hopefully he's physically going to be okay here, um, having back-to-back concussions. But, man, <laughs> we are not going to go drive-by-drive drive breaking down this part of the game, that part of the game. We're just going to kind of talk it through because this one was a rough one. When you look back in the, uh, the history books, some of these numbers are pretty stunning to say the least. So it's back to the drawing board, especially being that we're back Thursday. Now, a lot of the players are saying, Hey, we'd much rather get this stuff, you know, out of our mind, this bad taste out of our mouth and go right to Thursday. So I do understand that, but yeah, this one was ugly. So we are going to, you know, talk it through a little bit and then we'll preview and predict a big, big game coming up against the new England Patriots at home. Sunday night, or sorry, Thursday night football on good old Thanksgiving. It's been a while since we had a home game on Thanksgiving. I remember, you know, late 90s, all those uh, road games on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys and all that. Those were good memories. Those were kind of like our Super Bowls at the time. But other than that, we will, you know, we'll break it down. Preview, predict it. And then, of course, we double dipped but not in a good way. Of course, uh, with the Gophers going down in a heartbreaking loss, that one almost hurts more because of how they lost and who it it came from and what was at stake at that moment. But anyway, we'll break down the Gophers' loss. And, of course, they have uh, Wisconsin to close the season. Hopefully they can uh, go back-to-back against Wisconsin. That'd be great. Some glimmer of hope on the way out. But anyway... If this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope radio. However, you don't have to go to Ropadope and Blog Talk and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find this year Vikings podcast in a variety of areas under the Ropadope radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Living in Loserville on the Spricker page. Um, there's plenty of places beyond that as well. Um, and if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're happy, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $49.99 for two months. If you decide to go with the Choice or Ultimate package, that gives you three free months of Showtime Stars Cinemax. In Epics, that's a savings of $160. It's the best of live TV and on-demand. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without those fees, which is becoming more difficult, as we know. Um, that's Direct TV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. And, uh, uh, you know, how are you doing? Hey, we're out of the uh, 12 degree temperature. We're up in the 30s now during the day anyway. It felt pretty good. Went for a little walk. Um, Trying to get, you know, the memories of Sunday out of my mind. In late Saturday, by the way. Uh, Late Saturday afternoon with 
that Iowa loss, man. How are you doing over there, my friend? Because that one was a rough one. It was a rough one. And, uh, you know, we were sitting there in the comfort of our living rooms. Imagine being hyped up and going to the game in the stadium and <laughs> seeing that egg get laid. I mean, some of the pan shots of the crowd were just people with their head in their hands. And I don't blame them. What a disaster. <laughs> what a just a disaster that was. I mean, from the get-go, uh, Parsons with the sack on the first drive, so we didn't get our obligatory uh, <laughs> scripted touchdown. And you could just kind of see it wasn't going to go well. But, you know, end of first quarter, you're like, okay, well, you know, we're not down that much, and we can maybe mount a comeback. But uh, not today, my friend. Uh, just an ass whooping. That's just the way to put it. And, you know, I'm reading all the – fan stuff on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And I mean, just goes all through the spectrum of, you know, fire everybody or, you know, start <laughs> Mullins to, uh, you know, let's just, you know, let's forget this one. I think that's the boat we're in is just kind of wash that one away. Uh, thank God. God it's So right now, I'm not able to hear you. You muted yourself? Yeah, I'm muted. I couldn't hear you either. Well, I wasn't saying. just came in. Okay. Oh, okay. It was going in and out, and I noticed you got muted. Yeah, I muted when I was done talking. Oh, okay. Well, it was in and out prior to that, so hopefully Hmm. that uh, we're not going to have too many issues. But anyway, um, yeah, man, it's – I mean, when you look at it, uh, you could look at kind of uh, the worst beatdowns ever, right? Especially in recent time, uh, we don't really have to say anything more than 41-0. I think we all know what that is. There was that 34-7 Seattle ass whooping in 2015. I guess that's kind of uh, gives us a little hope. And the reason why is because we did uh, face that same team in the playoffs, and, and that's actually when our kicker issue started. Uh, the Colts beat us up really good in 2016, the year after, 34-6. to But you have to go back to 1980 uh, for the largest loss at home against the Eagles, 42-7. to That was the largest at that point. But you have to go back to 1963, a 42-point loss to the Cardinals. So you, we've been going back in the history books on a positive note this year, 1979, that Bears game, and this and that, and the Bills game, no one's ever come back from that amount. And So we've been digging, you know, positively in these history books, but we dug a hole in this one. Uh, this is, uh, this one just, yeah, like you said, it just, it, it's horrendous. Um, and... When you give up seven sacks, 13 hits, that's 13 in two weeks. And 13 hits without playing probably another series or two, um, the pressure started early and often. And the scary part about it was there weren't blitzing a whole lot. You know, uh, a lot of it was four men coming, whether it was the front or, or that guy off the edge, uh, outside linebacker that we know too well coming in, and the whole league knows him. But they didn't have to blitz a whole lot. So it was bad early on with Derrissaw, no doubt about it. But, man, it got even worse. Um, so, yeah, some people trying to say, you know, well, if you got a quarterback like that, you're not going to be able to do this and all that. that let, let's just calm down on that. You know, we're willing to say, hey, 
if you would have had, I think he said this actually, now I think about it after the game too, if you would have had two hands on the ball, maybe it, it wouldn't have been a strip sack. Okay. That resulted in a field goal though. So we could say TJ could have caught that ball. Um, you know, two of them actually, one was a little tougher to get the foot down, but one, could have been a touchdown. I mean, you, you could point. We had other receivers drop some balls, but I really can't put it on Cousins in the skill position. Cook actually had pretty good numbers considering uh, how many carries he got. It was hard to keep running the ball when you're getting, you know, beat up on the scorecard. So this one came down to giving up so many pressures. Like I said, 13 hits. Those montage of hits, Aaron. On Cousins was just brutal, dude. So, so brutal. It was just, uh, there's not much you can say beyond, you know, wow, that sucked because once Derisaw came out, then they could attack the edge even more than they already were in the middle. So there was just, and when you look at the All-22 today, some clips out there on good old, uh, I almost said boxing Twitter, Vikings Twitter, you know, you could actually see Jefferson open a couple of times, and Jefferson even said that in two different press conferences that he's had since then. It's like, but it's hard, dude, when I'm coming right on my break and the quarterback's on the ground already. You know, so it's hard to deliver the ball. It's hard to even get to your second read. Um, sometimes barely even getting your first read, and you got to move or you're getting hit or whatever. So this one, you know, we've documented, Aaron, that the, we, we've made some strides at the offensive line, and in in you know, that's documented, right? We, we got that. We we some our interior is a lot more serviceable than it used to, but this one, as far as offense, it comes down to the old line, man. There's just there's just no way around it on this one. Yeah, you can sit around and come up with we need mobile quarterback and we need a different quarterback and cook slow and all this stuff. It, look, we knew going into the season the state of our interior offensive line. We've been chronicling it for five years now. Um, they have played a little bit better. you got to give them credit for that. But they're still who they are. And the talent on some defensive lines are just overwhelming, and we saw that on Sunday. I mean, you have Dexter Lawrence, I think. That guy was a beast. Uh, all their guys got a nice little bit of pressures and some sacks. Um, we have a problem there. We've had a problem there. It hasn't been fixed yet. Um you know, losing Darisaw obviously was a huge blow, but, you know, it's still pressure up the middle. Um, Brandle held up as well as he could, I would say, and he's going to have to do it again here soon. But, you know, it's still Bradbury, Cleveland, and Ingram. Now, Cleveland's been playing pretty well. Ingram's a rookie. We've been giving him the rookie card for most of the year. Um, he didn't step on anybody this week, but he got stepped on a couple times, and and Bradbury's still Bradbury. They has approved, like we said, but it's still a weakness in this team. McCarthy knew it uh, coming into the ball game, uh, and he attacked it. And you can't blame him for that. And until we get that short up, you think Belichick's going to give us a an easier time on our interior offensive offensive line? I don't think he's going to. So that that's just something we know that's part and parcel with this squad until it gets fixed in the draft or free agency. And you're just going to have to live with it. Serviceable is better than not serviceable, but it's still not elite. It's still not above average. And, and that's where we are right now. And we're, we can be full of skill position players as we are. We're loaded there. But like you said, it's, it's the, it's the straw that stirs the drink, the offensive line. It, it's a necessity. You get beat on the fronts. 
You're not going to be able to use all your skill position players, and that's football 101. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, there's been – this is Alex Lewis. There, there's been 326 NFL games this year. No team has applied a greater pressure rate with four men pass rush than the Cowboys today. Um, and, and when you can even look at the last few years as far as pressure, right, 60% basically of his dropbacks, he was under pressure. Um, and if you look at anything near that, a lot of people kind of thought, well, what was the last time, you know, last year during uh, the, the Super Bowl at times uh, the pressure that Joe with his offensive line was on, that, that sucked and you could see it affected it. Two Super – I think it was two Super Bowls ago. Uh, 55% drop back. That's the closest when you get pressure, 55%. That was on Mahomes, which, by the way, he can move a little bit. I don't know if you've watched him play, but he was 9-26 um, in that game when pressured at that. The, the, the number of pressures in, like, the, you know, per drop back, we just – you just don't see it like that. And it's a number that there, people are kind of going back and seeing when, when is the last time that was the case. So if you're going to jump on Cousins for this, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Um, if he was mobile, he could, maybe he'd spin and get hit blindsided even worse. You know, he could have got hurt if he was mobile, more mobile. You really never know. There, there was just no way around it uh, for that. There just wasn't. Now, with the Derisaw thing, um, I saw a stat that the average uh, concussion protocol uh, is nine days. Usually, you know, players are in that. It, it tends to be a little bit more for the bigger guys, offense and defense. Um, now getting your second one in as many weeks, you know, he's for sure obviously out this Thursday. It, you know, who knows if he's going to be ready in two weeks. In the in general, you just have to be extra careful with him. And I'm starting to think that, the protocol is awesome. Taking helmets away from players is awesome. We are making steps in the right direction comparatively. Shit, even even back in high school, I got a, a bad concussion where I was out for multiple seconds in a match that I finished. <laughs> I finished that match in wrestling and had to wrestle another match that day at a tournament. So we've come a long way, you know. But, uh, yeah, Darius uh, probably shouldn't have been in there. Um, anyway, and when you look at people are really starting to try to break down, which was the play that he actually got a second one. And it looks more like the woozy, what they call, well, it's not a, it's not a technical term, the walking concussion, but it is one of those where you just get, get hit in a split second. You're out for a little, just a little bit. I've gotten one of those where I'm like, Whoa, what the hell just happened? But you're not out laying on the ground for five seconds or whatever. Neither of them have been that, so that is a positive. But, um, you know, that's that's something we got to really look after. Uh, you see Jefferson, he looked pretty good run his, running his routes, uh, you know, on Sunday. Maybe we could have hit on that big play. There was pass interference on that play. But, you know, we could say this, that, and the other, but who really gives a shit? But the, I, I mentioned that because, you know, when you hear reports now of what – when you hear toe, it scares you. But when you hear mild turf toe, when I heard that, I was like, oh, boy, 
skill position turf toe. We're playing on turf a bunch. Even our road game is going to be on indoor turf. A uh, little scary, but I got to say, um, he looked pretty good there, so I'm not as worried there. And also, Evan sounds like he's going to be – he was in a, a limited role today in the practice, so there's a good chance Evans uh, is going to play. And, and Booth got a little banged up, so that that's definitely needed. Yeah, what's the word on Cam? Is he still in concussion protocol? Or Cam is on yeah. IR. Oh, he's on Cam IR. Yeah, he didn't get a concussion. Okay. He's on well, IR. He's going to be out for at least three more games. Three more games. Evans, you know, it's, it's weird that we go into the season praying that we get Evans back, but with the play of Booth, we talked a little bit off Mike and was like, okay, well, you know, he's a second-round pick. We traded up for him, and uh, he just doesn't seem comfortable. We talked about it last week a little bit. Uh, we think it's maybe just a little too uh, hyped up, I guess, you know, just – he just got to calm down. It seems like he's, you know, he's just got a lot of ego and it's like, okay, I understand you're a corner and you got to do these things, but he needs to calm down and just play a little bit better. Cause we still need him for depth. And it's sad that we're down our, to our corner depth is Duke Shelley's the next thing. Maybe we both said we don't want to see Chris Boyd, but you know, at least he's corner depth. Um, yeah, and then, I know it's starting to look decent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, Pat P's holding up his end. I thought he played well enough, but you know, it's hard to say what, you know, the whole, I guess, conclusion of that mess on Sunday was. But offensively, I think it was the line. And defensively, just, you know, because they could have played better. But at the same time, you know, Zadarius went out. Uh, you try to come up with, with reasons here. The Donish shell didn't seem to work all that well uh, this week. Uh it's just defensively, I think you can put some blame on those guys because they could have held, you know, 40 points is a lot to give up. And I know the offense was yeah. short drives and all that stuff, but, you know, it's just one of those things where you got to, you got to stiffen your back up a little bit and stop somebody. And, you know, we're missing Tomlinson and the defensive line is still kind of patchwork. And so, you know, it's that same story, Chris, we've talked about it for a while here, probably the last three seasons where it's our fronts, man. That is the issue here. Uh, a lot of teams, they'll draft for, for uh, you know, for the big guys. Uh, and it's, for some reason, we're skill position addicted and, you know, we'll go get that stuff and or we miss on some guys. But those got to get fixed. I mean, we need, not only do we need starting defensive alignment, but we, we need depth there, too. And you saw what depth and a rotation can do on, on Sunday uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. And it's just not been a part of, of our defense for the last, I would say three seasons, including this one. Um, it needs to, it needs to get fixed. Now, obviously you can't do a lot. You could have signed Sue. He ended up signing with the Eagles. Um, but you know, maybe they tried and, and failed at that. It's, that's a definite possibility. Nonetheless, um, it's kind of the same story brought to uh, our attention again. And, you know, now this stuff's on tape. And that's the thing that scares me the most, Chris, is that, you know, Belichick's going to watch and see exactly what McCarthy did. And uh, this eight and one thing, you got some cushion. You can let your guys get healthy. I was going to say that about Darisaw. Don't rush him back. His second yeah. year, top left tackle. Hey, if he needs three weeks, yeah, you know, cares. give him Monks, three weeks, whatever. you know. You got a, you built yourself a little cushion at eight and one, and now eight and two. Um, all this talk about you know uh, number one seed and maybe 
put that on the back burner for a second here and, and maybe live on the cushion that you have. You got a lot of home games coming up, but let guys get healthy and, uh, you know, bounce back the best you can and just try to hold water until your guys get healthy. I mean, that's really where you're at. Yeah. And, you know, lucky for us, we haven't had a bunch of injuries yet, you know, and we really haven't now, now it's starting to add up. But none of them have, you know, not too many of them, I should say, have been the whole season type stuff. So that is big. Yeah, the depth, I think the starting two, Tomlinson and, and Phillips, I think are solid. But like you said, the, the depth of defensive line. And to be fair, we've put on the offensive line pretty much the, the whole year some bad stuff. I mean, he got hit 13. He got devoured almost, you know, not as bad, but pretty close last week even. Um, but, you know, when you have somebody that will battle back on the end and be dominant with Derisaw, that probably helped us in general. But we've been putting those fucking, uh, you know, letting your QB get hit that many times. I mean, and like you said, defense, though, it's the first team this year to give up scores on the first seven drives of the game. <laughs> you know, so seven, I mean, you look at the seven. box score. Seven straight, they got points. Whichever it was, quick strikes, long five, seven-minute drives. However, you want to get it, they were getting it, and no sacks, barely any one QB hit, uh, one PBU. And if you don't get pressure, you're not going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of PBUs and, and hits and all that. But we gave up 108 yards rushing with Pollard and Elliott in the first half, so that really tells you there. So offensively, sure. The funny thing is there wasn't a ton of three and outs, uh, but they didn't move the ball. So, yeah, we, we can blame the offense probably most just because – or the offensive line most because of that. Um, just not giving – you know, okay, well, the defense get beat up, time to score. But that wasn't the case. But, yeah, defense shouldn't be uh, too happy about it either, uh, the way they played, no doubt about it. And, you know, you know, the last two games now, the run – Ever since Tom, we, we started, I think it was three or four games where we held teams to under 100 yards total. And ever since Tomlinson's gone out, I think it's been three straight game or yeah, three straight games of, of much more success there. So that that's been really rough, man. And, and we got to get that fixed coming in. And, and you know, I'll say this, you know, he did, uh, you know, he was he was at least they they say he was, you know, pretty engaged. Aged, uh in pre-game, sorry, pre-game drills on the field, so he was close. Um, it sounds like he was definitely, you know, O'Connell said, you know, he's itching to get back and want, they want to make sure he's 100% healthy. Um, and Zedarius, he's banged up. He only played in 25, uh, you know, <coughs> reps anyway. But if we could, yeah, here it is. This is uh, Rod Searles, or Rob Searles. The Vikings have allowed the last three. 154 in the last three, which is eighth worst in the National Football League. So we are starting to really sure up that run. And then ever since Tomlinson's been gone, slowly but surely we've been giving up, especially these last two weeks. Uh, and, and now we're facing a team that loves to run the ball um, and, and thrives on it. And, and anything else from this game before we do start to just get into the preview predictions for uh, Thursday night game, sir? Well, I just wanted to say that it's pretty bad when you can call a letdown, you know. Um, not every team in the league, you know, wins a big game and then you 
can almost guarantee a loss in the next game. And it's this and the Gophers the same way. And it, I just don't think it's something that we should normalize, although it is normal um, for this squad. Uh, you can't do this all the time. What's the point of a big win if you're just going to take a nap the next week? You just can't do that. You need to sustain these type of things. And like I said, if you were sitting in that crowd and that crowd was hyped to begin the to begin the game and just to sit there and walk that game and pay for it and drive to do it and do all that stuff and just watch this team go out there and just stink it. It's just not, it's not ideal, man. And I feel bad for people that, that pay for that game. And uh, I think there were some boo birds. I heard uh, there were some boo birds and obviously CBS just was like, all right, we're going to just go to a different game. Cause this is not even competitive. We don't know why we put these guys on TV and, it's just, you know, it's just something about this franchise. It's just this cycle that we can predict things now, and I just don't like it, man. So let's uh, let's go on a clean slate here and and, and get on to Thursday. Well, I would push back on the. I mean, the the letdown is a letdown, especially in college. It happens even more, but. When you do what you did against the Bills, something that's never even been done in that building. That's not your normal upswing in a big win. That was a gigantic of proportion win. So to me, I don't, I, I think that getting your ass whooped like that was the bad part, but we've been flirting with getting beat by double digits a couple times, including that Bills game where we were down 17 uh, with a, like a minute or two in the third quarter. So I wouldn't really, I mean, it's the perfect spot for a letdown. So I don't really think it's – I would push back just because that type of win we'll probably never see again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, having a big win is different than what we did on the road at the Bills. I'm not yeah, really sure I mean, that I, I, I meet you there. You know what I mean? I'll push back a little bit on that and say that it's a – if you boil it down to it's what it is, it's a – we won a, a hard – road game against a good team in the regular season. This wasn't a playoff game. This wasn't an NFC title game. This was a regular season win against the Bills in Buffalo. Okay. The way the game transpired, yes. I mean, there was about 10 yes. things that happened in that game. That what I was getting to. There was a lot of things that happened Come that on. can probably that wasn't a regular game. Essentially, it was. What happened in the game was obviously – uh, a different and unusual and you can maybe say that you you know got high and low and all that stuff but at the same I mean there's been games I don't think that's the game of the century I mean it's happened before and I'm sure you could have put a win behind some of those times it's happened before now like you said it was like it was but at the end of the day it was a road game in Buffalo in the regular season and I just don't think it's an excuse to come out and say oh well we were on too much of a high to to come out and play Dallas the next week. It's just I don't I don't feel like that's an excuse to use maybe once, but not every season when you go and, and win a game. It just it just seems to be a pattern that I don't like. Well, I don't like it either. But historically speaking, not just the Vikings, college football and football, you see this all the time. So that's the only place I push back. But you're right; it, it was a regular season game. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a regular win, though. I mean, we we did some shit in that game that we'll never see again, probably. So, 
know. It was it's an irregular ass whooping, I think. It was an it's irregular. It's about the most irregular game. game you'll see. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we went about an hour and 20 minutes last week. <laughs> so that yeah. shows you how we were. But either way, either way, we got to we gotta move on, don't we? Because our Vikings have to move on. That's for exactly. damn sure. Three days. Because we got the damn Patriots who are have the second most um, sacks and second most pressures behind Dallas, of course. And, uh, um, you know, we already know Derrissaw's not playing. So, I mean, it's rough. Uh, and we, we talk about that shell look, the too high, the one high, the too high, this off, all that, the shell look, the formula for it, right, the format, right? Um, do you tweak it? knowing you're going against a run-heavy offense that's going to play probably great defense. I mean, it, they don't have necessarily the skill players uh, or kind of the quarterback on a deep pass anyway, plus 20 if you look at his numbers there. They don't go deep a ton successfully, right? So do you gamble sometimes to be able to contain this run uh, because they're going to run and they're going to play great defense? So this is where, you know, and then on offense, since you know what you're getting into, what about some three-step drop stuff? What about some West Coast stuff? What about some quick screens? What about just getting the ball in open space and trying to get positive yards? We sucked on third down. A lot of it has to do, as always, with first and second down, but especially first down. We got – this is one of the games, Aaron – we have to focus on the run as much as we did in 2019, which we ran the damn ball. And then actually that 13-3 year, we were second in carries. Now, I'm not saying we can't throw the ball 20 times or nothing like that. But if you want to keep the pressure off, you know, you got to move the pocket a little bit. Sure, that's going to help uh, in your normal five-step drops and all that. But run the ball. Try to establish the run. And that way we can be in third and manageable. Um, and then also, that way we can set up the play action where Kirk can get five or seven step drops, you know, bootlegging out and finding something down the field. Because if not, we're going to be in trouble. And they're not great at stopping the run. They're just not. They're not great at it. So we have to, it has to be a big run day play action West Coast offense, let's let's do what people are doing to us, for Christ's sakes, right? Dink and dump, let's see what happens in the red zone. Yeah, that's it. It's cook in space. Uh, it's screen game. Get that timing right because our screens have looked horrible all season. Um, but you got to have that going. Three-step drop stuff. Get the ball out quick. And uh, play action. Run the ball. Play action to get a little bit more time in the pocket for to take shots. I mean, that's what you have to do offensively, defensively, Chris. I think it's, it's to stop the run. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you can do some tweaks, but do you have the horses? Do you have the guys that can stop it? And is, is Dalvin going to play? If Dalvin plays, that helps you out a lot. But if he doesn't, uh, you're going to have to put guys in the box that you probably normally wouldn't. Yep. And our linebackers are light anyway. So it's going to be a rough day stopping the run if that's what they want to do. So I, I don't really know. I mean, that's the, the linchpin is Derisaw out offensively. That changes so much of what you can do. And we've already. And then Tomlinson, you're going to have Tomlinson. And here's, we get into the depth and you don't have depth at left tackle. 
You don't have left at defensive tackle. Um, so you're going to have to do something. I don't know what tweaks I would dial up, but, you know, move Zedarius inside, move Hunter around, make, keep him guessing, right. you know, eat, run the ball, eat the clock, you know, keep your defense off the field if you can. Uh, uh, it's just one of those things where you got to just try to shorten this game the best you can and hope you can yes. survive. But, you know, they're not world beaters. Mac Jones is beatable. The Patriots are beatable. Um, they just scored what 13 to win on Sunday. But right, you know, our offensive on offense. line. <laughs> he's got guys on his defensive line. He know he's not a dumb coach. He knows exactly what to do with the situation. And and if we don't do something, uh, in the interior of this offensive line, and now with the left tackle, um, it's going to be an issue, and we won't be able to do much at all. And I think basically you just load up and run and try to. I mean, that's what these guys drafted to do. Uh, run the ball and and pray for the best. I mean, that's really it. I know with Darisaw, this would probably be something where I would I would pick the Vikings, uh, just because I think we have more offensive firepower and the right to make big plays. But with that, what we saw with Kirk having zero to throw the ball uh, or even get through his reads, um, I just don't see that. Now, Lynchpin, we do have Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. Um, if we can get him. Uh, places to run or get him in space, I think we have a decided advantage offensively, and then that'll free up Jefferson and, and Thielen to do their thing and, and Hawkinson and those guys. But we've got to move Kirk around, and I, I just don't know if that's what they're going to do, probably a lot of misdirection and, and reverses and yeah. things like that. But it's like there's nothing new under the sun to Belichick. He knows what's coming. So, um, And then the defense I'm a little worried about, if they – if they consistently go at running at this defense, they're going to be successful. Um, and there's not going to be much we can do. And then their play action game opens up and they have guys that can do that stuff. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a toss up for me in this one. I don't know what the Vegas odds are. I think the Patriots are favored, but I could be wrong. Um, no, it's, it's, it's three, three, three points. Okay, uh, favored so it's a, to yeah. It's 42. A, it's a wash. I would say I'm going to go with the Vikings bouncing back here. Uh, I don't think they're going to come out like world beaters, but I think they're going to eke out a win here probably by three, score maybe 21 points. So I'm thinking like 21-18 Vikings in a hard-fought defensive game where it's just sort of, you know, last people with the ball win. We're pretty good in those situations, but uh, I really hope this team comes out focused and ready to go because they're going to need to stay focused because they don't – they're down a couple of really important pieces here, and they're going to need to make up for it. Yeah, and, and speaking of, I meant to say this, the O-line drafting, besides the Colts, we drafted the most O-lines, too. So, like you said, it's really the misses that we've had. Because we, Lord knows we've been trying to draft those mother effers. Shit, we drafted the damn center in the first round, uh, which, you know, hey, I give him credit for this year. But overall, that's not something that you normally do. I'm with you, though. Um, you know, 17, 13, 16, 13, 17, 16. I got all these scores written down. 20 to 16, 23, 20 at tops, and that would be the over-under. Actually, that would go over by a point now because it is flat 42. It was 42 and a half earlier today. But I'm with you. I, I, I think that, oh, boy, it's going to be Joseph. Uh, I just thought about that. But it's the second half of the season, okay? And, uh Oh boy! No, yeah, I got I got the Vikings to bounce back too. I'm I, I'm on the fence, but I am I think they'll bounce back in the most ugly way. 
But just that alone would be big considering the next four out of five games are at home. Getting that, getting this win would help so much. And, you know, we really kind of got to get our eyes off of that first seed and really focus on that second seed. You know what I mean? Like you were talking about earlier. Let's just get, if we can get this dub, it goes a long way because if we beat the Patriots, the Jets are kind of like the Patriots, just worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if we can sit there and, and get this done, no matter what the score is, however we get it, but I do think ultimately they will get it in ugly way, and that would be big, uh, you know, considering what's left in the home games we got got lined up here. Uh, um, any last words before we get into what was a much bigger heartbreaker because of how the game played out, sir? Much bigger heartbreaker. Uh, 260 yards from O. Abraham. Uh, six if you would have told me that he's got – even over 200 yards, that's a game. Yeah, that's a game. Six straight losses to Iowa. Um, we thought we had it this year, Chris. Yeah, this is the year, man. We're going to get Iowa. They're down offensively. Um, it's a home game. This is it. And uh, it just didn't happen. Uh, turnovers will kill you, and that's what happened. And, you know, everybody's – there's a the thing about P.J. being conservative, and, okay, that's fine, but it was cold. You're outside. It's what you do in November in the Big Ten. You run the football. Now, I know we're up there with the service academies for most rushing attempts, I think, in the nation. Um, and But that's the way they chose to play this game. That's the way it's been all season. We run the ball. That's what we do at Minnesota. We get big offensive linemen. We run the ball. There's nothing new here. Um, and Iowa does the same thing this season, I think, on necessity uh, with their offense. and. They ended up getting three more points than us. Uh, we missed a field goal. We ruined two great drives with uh, turnovers. And, and well, that's the story of the game. I mean, it's it's happened a lot in football. You you lose the turnover margin, you're most likely going to lose the game. And uh, that's how it went. Uh, very disappointing um, because he had the game, Chris. You had the game twice, yes. maybe three times. You had the game. It was yours. Yeah, 39 carries, 263 in a tutty, 6.7 overall, 300 yards. Um, it was rough. I mean, it definitely, I mean, you could even, you know, if we're going to say, it was, there's times you could say they're too conservative, and I get that. But if you look at that missed field goal drive, let them play over five minutes, seven or three yards, but they play action on third and one. And sure, the guy wasn't open. Uh, you know, we misfired on it, kicked a field goal, missed it. I probably would have been more conservative at that time because if we get the first down, there's a, you know, we probably burn out the rest of the clock, get a little closer, but they missed the field goal, but it would have been a first and goal. So, you know, that's one of those plays. Now, um, there was a play where the young quarterback missed what probably would have been a touchdown um, if he would have just stayed with him a little bit longer. Uh, but they did throw on third and seven instead of just, you know, doing a draw play, picking up four yards and punting. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, this has nothing to do with, with play call for me at all on this one either. Because when you have that 8-16 play drive that lasted almost nine minutes and would have burned probably another minute or two because it would have been first and goal, 
I mean, I was rough. You scored. I really felt they were going to score a touchdown on that drive too. The one that ended in fumble. That would have been a first down. He was right at the marker. Um, that one. That was rough, man. If you if you get up seventeen to ten with under five to play, I mean, and who knows? Like I said, maybe it would have been under four by the time uh, that would have done. That would have done it. And sure enough. You know, the defense, you know, got a free and out. They got the ball back. Like you said, they're moving the ball again. And then an interception tip play. And, and we had a couple of times on defense. That's the only thing you could probably say about the defense is there was probably two picks. If they got one of them, that would have made a difference. But, um, yeah, man, that one, that one really hurt. That one really hurt. And these last two, we've outgained them by over 100 yards and somehow lost the game. So that. Now, I will say this. For the young quarterback to be thrown in these type of games and not just shell up, I think it is a good – it's a very – and not have your number one receiver, we all know. We are starting to see Jackson in that Brockington or whatever. Those guys are starting to make some plays. So it's it's good for next year. The schedule's tough for next year, I'll tell you that. But uh, before we get to next year, (laughs) now we're lining up. As a three and a half point underdog, over under thirty four and a half. You know, last week the over under in that game was thirty two. It's the lowest registered over under since they started registering, <laughs> keeping tracks of over under, and it went under. <laughs> so that was pretty crazy. But here we are, thirty four and a half on the road. It's basically a pick 'em game. Wisconsin uh, had kind of a minorly miraculous win, actually. 15 to 14 last week. They had no business winning that game at home. Uh, but here we are, um, you know, playing the Badgers to close out the game or close out the season. Obviously, it's it's tough to win at Wisconsin. We did it in 2018. Um, it, it's even tougher to win back to back years. But I'll say this: if this is the year to do it, or this is probably the year to do it, based off what Wisconsin has going with their team. The one thing I'll say about Wisconsin this year, they can still run the ball. They're not averaging over 200, right? But they can still run the ball. They they turn the ball over with Mertz a lot, but their defense is not the defense we're used to seeing. They're giving up 20 points a game, um, which is crazy. They haven't been out of the top 10 in years uh, overall. So, is, you know, we're going to come in loosey-goosey, obviously, because this is not for the West. So, um, in a weird way, you know, with a it's supposed to be miraculously 50 degrees that day, too. What the hell? <laughs> um, I'm actually kind of favoring the Gophers here in a random way, man. Well, what are your thoughts going into this game? Obviously, it's a rivalry game. You're still... Looking forward to it once it's actually on the tube and and we're playing right now. You don't really want to think about it because of that Iowa loss. But uh, what says you about this? Now, either they're just kicking rocks and it's just one of those things where you're still in your head all week about what the hell happened and you had it in your hand multiple times. Or, like I said, they come in loosey-goosey and end up kind of, you know, we're going to be kicking rocks because if we win this game, we're like, oh, we were so close. Uh, what are your thoughts coming in, man? I'm kind of all over the place on this one. I'm with the uh, with the Gophers as well. I think that the turmoil, and I, you know, it's not a ridiculous amount of turmoil with Wisconsin, but the coaching change and you know all that stuff, the continuity of the rivalry and all these things. Um, 
I like the Gophers in it too, just because of the stability of the program at this point in time. And, and just, you know, yes, it's going to be tough. There's no way you're going to go in and blow out Wisconsin, but I think you're right. going to win this game. I, I think we have offensive line. We have Mo, his last game as a Gopher probably. Um, yeah, you're right. Cause he probably definitely. won't play in the bowl game. Good call. Yeah. And then m- maybe start Tanner, his last game as a Gopher. Um, a lot of seniors, uh, with some impact to them. Um, and then some young guys, I think skill position wise and throwing the ball. Uh, you could see both quarterbacks probably. I don't know what PJ is going to do, but you know, PJ's here to beat Wisconsin. That's why he was hired. And quick side note to that is everybody's calling for PJ's head. Are you kidding me? Do you remember the Jim <laughs> Wacker years? Chris and I were just talking about Jim Wacker <laughs> after he gets four like 70 yard runs and he says, you know, if it wasn't for those long runs, we were, we were, we were in that game. Well, you know, that was just. You have to remember those years, and I'm not saying, okay, yeah. you can't expect more, but come on. Yeah, we're relevant. not saying give him another extension or something and redo his contract, but, yeah. Fire we're us. a relevant Big Ten team at this point in time, and, and we've got a nice little thing going with Wisconsin now. I think we're going to beat them two years in a row here. Um, you know, Looks that's like what I'm calling. we got a quarterback. we got a quarterback, got a young quarterback. Now, one thing I will say is, you know, P.J. came in and got some really nice skill position players, Ottman Bell. Uh, Bateman, uh, he yep. had Winfield. Johnson was he, here, right? Yep. Yeah, Tyler like Johnson. and Johnson were here, technically. Sure. And uh, so he, I think he needs to bolster that a little bit. We need a little bit more. Uh, and help, I guess, too. We need those yeah. efforts. Be dynamic, in the, on the, Jesus. be dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, the freshman, if he doesn't transfer or go somewhere, uh, that's a, a good light. But I think it's just one of those years that you – I'm not going to say rebuilding year because your line's pretty good. But, you know, you've got to refresh the shelves here a little bit with the program and with the recruiting. And I think that will happen. Um, but I just like – I like the Gophers. I, I think continuity of the program, I think, uh, yeah. always hyped up for this game. Um, on a roll sort of – when it comes to this rivalry, I, I just think they're a better team this year than Wisconsin uh, point uh, point taken. And I just think that, that we win this one. Now, you lose this one, all right, you know, you're back and forth with Wisconsin. But I think if you win it, you really put your foot down into the rivalry, assuming they're going to have a new coach. He's going to be – got to be Minnesota, you know, instead of – you know, it changes the dynamic of that rivalry and uh, – that's huge. I mean, the country watches this game now, which is something that, that wasn't that way five years ago. Um, it's got a name. People know it. And it's one of those games that people wait for all year, and that's awesome. So, you know, come out and get the jump on them and don't let them up and, and win the football game and come back to, to Minnesota, and, and we'll see what the offseason looks like. Yeah, we, we brought the axe there. we got to bring it back. We can't get down 10 zip because that's damn near a life sentence in these games. That's what was so impressive, getting down 10 zip again early to the Iowa. And that's been the key to losing those games is the early stuff that we can't overcome. But it does sound like, by the way, um, their longtime D coordinator, Jim, Le- Jim Lenhard, Lenhard, I think it is, he's been there since like 2016. He's been – uh, the coordinator, I think, since like right around that time, maybe the 2018, 17. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be the guy. It sounds like they're going to go with him. But you know, who knows? Uh, 
But you're right. I think that we're the better team this year, and I think we will get, we will get the dub. Uh, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And, and if you can get to eight wins, that gives you a chance to get nine wins, you know. Um, and to get nine wins, I know a lot of people want to complain right now and use their emotion and that type of thing and, and, and you know, get an outlet for it and just be like, Ugh, you know, I want to say this and this is bullshit. But you got to remember, dude, there's a reason why my co-hosts and I had different teams that we cheered for because when the pre in college football, when we were younger, because when the season was over, we had to have someone to cheer for, for Christ's sakes, because we both loved college football so much. So like 86, 87, Ricky Foggy, you know, making a, uh, the Independence Bowl game when that was actually a pretty decent bowl game back in the day. But it was still a bad bowl game overall. I mean, just calm down. Take a deep breath. You're out of your mind if you think that we're just going to be able to recruit in the top 20 every year or, you know, win 10 games almost every year or whatever. I mean, it's just not – this is how you do it. You know, I We're not there yet. Yeah. No. And they've been – Beyond Wilson for that one year for Wisconsin, they made a career off of winning ugly. That's how they do it. And you want to get as many registered juniors in a starting lineup as possible because you get two years out of them, and then you got another one. Then you got another one. That's how Virginia Tech for years did it. That's how a bunch of these teams do it that are outside where you can, you know, outside the the layer of being able to consistently be in the top 25 recruiting. So, that's completely nonsense, and you know, let, let's let this play out. But yeah, if we if we can get this dub, like you said, that really does uh, help a long way, help some recruiting and all that stuff too. So, um, so yeah, I think they'll win as well. It'll be a, a tight game. I think they'll win. Any last words, sir? Uh, you know, we did mention earlier in our podcasts about uh, the little thorn we put in Wisconsin side with playing jump around. I think that's going to come back to haunt us in a weird way. So you got to win for that. Maybe play it again on the yeah, sideline sure. or something. But, yeah, I think two wins over Wisconsin, consecutive wins, it changes the dynamic of that rivalry. And you can start to have Wisconsin feel – those coaches feel the pressure about beating Minnesota because – up until maybe two years ago, it was like, ah, it's not even our biggest rivalry, Wisconsin. But it is. It's it's the number one rivalry for Wisconsin. Even the Packers say that. Well, the Packers and Bears have a nice little rivalry thing, and they say that's the biggest one. But I think they get up for the Vikings as well. So, you know, if you can put two in a row down, forget the records, forget the West, forget everything, and just beat Wisconsin, I think uh, it'll put you in a good spot uh, for the Big Ten West, the changing Big Ten West uh, going forward. All right, there we have it, and let's hope we can come back with a double dub because we got doubled up this last week, and it sure didn't feel good on the opposite side. We'll be back next Monday. Go Vikes. Go, go.